0: 7th Parallel on America's Haunted Highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange.
1: Well, what's up everybody? Welcome back to pixelated paranormal i am your host sean i've got some laundry to fold behind me and with me as always is your other host preston preston buddy how are you i'm
0: good i'm doing
1: awesome good i thought your uh, mic was muted for a second <laughs> no
0: no i couldn't decide whether i was going to do the weird like awkward bird thing or the actual stupid <laughs> cheering pre program sound effective <laughs> soundboard. Oh. oh fuck it. I'm just not gonna do it at all.
1: Oh so, damn.
0: Yeah.
1: Well it's good to be back, man. We took a week off because um well I was working third shift for a while and I didn't know what fucking year it was after doing that for like a week. And yeah. uh you had to do whatever you had to do and any who's well here we are well yeah uh if you guys if you missed us last week at the end of the week i did drop a fun little ditty um we missed national alien day by like a day last week which sucks because oh. i would have loved to have done something for that but i threw on an old episode of um you know our kind of our parallel podcast 13 nightmares that we had going for a little while Uh, We did a really fun deep dive into the film Alien. And so I threw Uh that up on there because it's a really fun podcast. I kind of missed doing that one, and I thought that might be kind of fun to uh, have folks listen to. So if you missed us last week, go back because there is that fun little ditty. But any um up on the docket at the top here, um, we've got tonight's episode. Next week, technically, is our seven year anniversary, though. Whoop, whoop. I think we're going to put off the anniversary episode until maybe the following week, because I'd love to be able to do an earlier um, stream and recording. But with Shayla's finals coming up next week, there's not a good night to do it until like after 10 p.m. And, you know, I'd like to go a little earlier for folks. So we will do our special seven year anniversary in about two weeks, so one week, two weeks from today when you hear this episode. So stick with us. And in the meantime, folks, if you'd like, we'd love it for you to send us some questions. We're doing another Ask Us Anything. And also, if you've got any personal stories you want us to share, I've got two really good ones so far. But we'd love to have plenty more, so don't be surprised if we hit you up in your inboxes with a reminder. And uh, on the social medias, of course, we have that posted as well. Yeah. Presto, what you've been doing in the last two weeks, man?
0: Um, I mean, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Um, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I got uh, psychoanalyzed for work, which was uh, odd. And uh, they, they make me huh. take, they call it the Berkman Report, Brinkman Report. I don't know, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, you answer like 200 questions, and it breaks you down into four categories. So if you're up top. Great. You're an extrovert. You're a go getter. You're a talker. Mm -hmm. You're a charmer. You're a persuader. And if you're down at the bottom, you're not you're an introvert. You're like the weird guy Mm -hmm. hiding in the corner, probably gonna knife somebody. And uh, (laughs) so I I, I took took test, got the results back and um, I'm one hundred percent extrovert baby I'm all all hanging I'm, I'm hanging it all out and um, <laughs> they, they, they they break down your your interests and so they say you know based off your personality based off the way that you you know answer these questions you know s- these would be your interests so you know being outdoor being outdoors I, I rank like 70 percent Um, Which makes sense because, you know, I I like living out in the country. I like being outdoors. I like getting drunk and looking up at the stars from my telescope and, um, you know, (laughs) playing disc golf and all that shit and then uh, art was 83 percent makes a lot of sense i went to art school i have a bachelor's studio arts and no shit that's all the way up there Uh uh-huh and then literacy was 87 percent i'm like what (laughs) i fucking hate reading i don't like reading why is that so high and we got to talking about it and they're like well are you are you uh, concerned about words when you send an email, like when you send a text? And I'm like, oh God, no, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't uh, fact check, grammar check, spell check, punctuation check. I don't do any of that. Anything? <laughs> yeah, anything. And then I was like, whoa, 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 wait, wait a minute, wait. I overanalyze when somebody sends me a text message or an email. I like deep dive and like, what the fuck? What is this motherfucker saying? Like, do you want to fight? And then uh, we deep dived into it a little bit more and uh, the power of the word and words in general. So it's like, oh shit, that makes a lot of sense because we do a podcast and uh, that's all about speaking and the words. And so that's why literacy is up there with being artistic. And I was like, oh fuck, this thing's got me n- nailed down to a T. Uh, i want to get the fuck out of this class because uh, the next thing you know, you're going to tell me I'm like Jeffrey Dahmer or some shit. And uh, so, no, that's 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 it. Uh, and then um, I've been uh, putting together uh, a three parter episode of uh, the man, the myth, the legend, the pervert, Alistair Crowley. Um, so we got mm-hmm. that coming up after anniversary show. So I just I just feel like yeah, man. yeah. working and drinking and smoking and working and drinking. <laughs>
1: I first of all, I think it's hilarious that you talked about, you know, not giving a lick about punctuation because I was just busting your balls over. Yeah. The, uh What did you text me earlier? Let's let the listeners decide as well. Preston sent me a message. The message says, got a name for this episode. Not got a name for this episode, question mark. So I read that as Preston having a name picked out for the episode. And so I said, yeah, tonight's episode? He said, yeah. And I said, what you got? And he goes, beats the fuck out of me. I thought you were putting the news together. (laughs) Again, punctuation. Punctuation goes a long way. It fucking does, man. It fucking does. (sighs) Well, speaking of men, myths, and legends, While you were fucking slaving away over that three-parter and getting fucking psychoanalyzed at work. Um, Shayla and I went to Oklahoma City, and I was very, very fortunate to get a chance to meet the man, the myth, the chin, Briscoe County Jr. himself, Mr. Bruce Campbell, and that was fucking awesome. He's just as cool and charming as you think he might be in real life. Um, Unfortunately, the meet and greet was just a little rushed because of the nature of the type of event we went to, but Preston, i got to tell you, man, I was going to send you a picture of this the other day, but I wanted to wait until we recorded. Yeah. Shayla got you a little something-something. Oh, what did we I'm got? I'm not it? sure how well you'll be able to see this, but this little bad boy is a uh, little little poster oh, from shit. the event, and as you'll see right here, it's got his Herbie Hancock. So Shayla grabs you an autographed poster from Mr. Bruce Campbell.
0: Oh, fuck yeah, man.
1: Yeah, so, um, I'll have to wait and tell you the um the details. Well, I can I can share it on here. It's fine. So is is, uh, is
0: Bruce a listener now? Is he like is he <laughs> no? He, Sadly,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Bruce, we, motherfucker, we have a podcast and we're both the uh, evil right. dead nerds. Uh, I got a buddy that quotes evil dead Ashford's evil dead left and right. Uh, you should listen to our <laughs> podcast and, I don't know, maybe come on as a guest yeah. with that fucking amazing chin of yours.
1: Right. Man, unfortunately, the, the title meet and greet was not really accurate. You got to meet him, and he did greet you, but it was pretty much like you walk up, you wait, then his manager or his partner, whoever it is, says, okay, you're next, man, go on. And you walk over, and he's like, hey, how you doing, man, and shakes your hand. And basically my interaction went like this hey man how you doing tonight i said hey bruce i'm doing really good thanks a lot for being here man you know all of us appreciate you being here and you know pretty big fan he goes oh i appreciate that man well thanks for coming out all right stand here and look at the camera and then all right man well i really appreciate you take care and then you walk off (laughs) it was super quick but the story behind your autograph poster here the meet and greet um you paid for the little VIP wristband, and it got you the meet-and-greet, um, a professional photo, and then the signed poster, which is cool. I paid for it. Shayla did not. Um, she could literally... Probably not care much less about Evil Dead, to be honest. Um, But she knows how much it means to me. So, you know, she got me the meet and greet as well. So we show up, and I quickly realize there's two different lines. There is a VIP line, and then there's the regular line. And I'm just like, oh, shit, I don't want to be separated, even though, you know, we have assigned seats. So I asked the girl who's, you know, checking tickets. I'm like, hey, blah, blah, blah. She doesn't have a meet and greet I do. Is it cool if she just stands in line with me? And the girl's like... Well, uh, let me check with the manager of the theater. She comes back and she's like, it's cool. She just, you know, she can't get the photo in the poster. I'm like, oh, all good. She doesn't really want it. So we wait in line for about half an hour. We get up there and then manager guy shows up and he's like, all right, guys, here's how it goes. You know, we're going to wait in line. And um, you're kind of lining up back behind the partition. So you can't like, t- you know, take selfies or take photos yeah. or whatever. And he's like, once you get to me, tell me if there's a certain pose or a certain thing you want to do in the photo. And then once it's your turn, you know, I'll uh, I'll usher you over to Mr. Bruce. And so we get up to the line, he's like, hey man, how are you doing? You excited? I'm like, oh, I'm fucking so excited, man. I've been a fan of Bruce's since like Briscoe County. Um, you know, I watched Evil Dead a couple years after that, so he's like, Oh, it's really cool, man. Well, thanks for coming. And, you know, all right, dude, it's your turn. Blah, 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 pop, boop, pop. I turn around, and all of a sudden I hear <laughs> I hear Bruce go. Hey man, come back here real quick. She wants a picture with you. And I'm like, what? And it's like, I turn around and there's my wife standing there with a look on her face of, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And she's got my copy of, um, make love the Bruce Campbell way. Cause I was hoping to get an autograph in the book. And so I walk over and Bruce is like, all right, what you got there? And she goes like, Oh, one well, of your books. And he's like, okay, let me see it. And he opens it up and he's like, all right, act like I just said the funniest thing you've ever heard from my book. So in the photo, you see Bruce like laughing and I'm like, oh, and then Shayla's just smiling, like posed for the picture. And he's like, all right, y'all, thanks so much. You know, have a great night. See you later. And then we walk over and the lady hands me a poster and then, you know, the lady hands Shayla a poster and we go down the stairs. (laughs) And then when we get to the bottom, I'm like, what the fuck did you do? And she's like, nothing, nothing. I was waiting for you. And the guy's like, hey, come on over. You know, how are you? Oh, I'm good. How are you? Awesome. You excited to meet Bruce? oh, no, I don't have a VIP. And clearly she didn't have the bracelet. And he's like, all right, you want to meet Bruce? And she's like, I feel bad I didn't pay. And he's like, you want to get a picture taken with Bruce? And she's like, I just feel really bad. And he's like, okay, it's your turn. Go get a fucking picture with Bruce. (laughs) So he kind of like ushers her, uh, you know, forward. And that's when she's like, Bruce is like, hey, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, can I get a picture with him, please, too? And that's when he's like, hey, dude, come back here. And she walks over and she hands Shayla a poster, and we get to the bottom of the stairs. And I'm like, "What the fuck did you just do?" And so she's like, "Well, you know what? Give Preston that poster. He'll like it." (laughs) So that is how you uh, you got a poster, bud. Fuck
0: yeah! (laughs) I'm excited. I got I got. I'm running out of wall space, but. I'll make it work.
1: That's the fun part where you get to start making your walls into like a collage where everything just gets crammed together. Kind of like the wall behind me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, on this episode, it might be a little shorter. It might not because we're already 15 minutes in. But I wanted to share some really exciting news stories that I found that are really super interesting and kind of bizarre and stuff you guys know. You probably missed it. So we have got Magic Mushrooms buying body parts on the Facebook Marketplace, and, of course, everyone's favorite, Rogue AI. So why don't we just get started? Now, the first one does come with a bit of a uh, trigger warning here. In Okmulgee County, Oklahoma, back on Monday, an endangered missing advisory was issued for a 14-year-old named Ivy Webster and a 16-year-old named Brittany Brewer. The alert stated that the authorities believed that the two were with a 39-year-old male named Jesse McFadden. Deputies learned shortly after that Webster had left the evening of Saturday, April 29th to spend the weekend with a friend. She was supposed to be home by 5 p.m. on Sunday, April 30th, and she never came home. So Webster was reported to be staying with a 39-year-old Jesse McFadden, who along with the two other family members were believed to be headed to McAllister to work on a ranch. The Oak Mulkey Sheriff's um, County Office said that they were going to work at a ranch and there hadn't been any contact, however, with them since Sunday. So deputies also learned another teenager, Mrs. Ivy Brewer, was with them as well and she was picked up in the early evening hours on Saturday as well. Okmulgee County Sheriff's Office hadn't found anybody yet, and they said on the missing persons report, McFadden was known to be driving a white 2007 Chevrolet Avalanche with Oklahoma license plate number LRW 469. Now, authorities said their last known location was in Henrietta. Well, the missing persons advisory has since been canceled, During the search for the two missing teens, Oak Mulgee County Sheriff's Office officials confirmed seven bodies had been discovered on a property in Henrietta. The bodies are believed to be those of the two missing teenagers, suspect Jesse McFadden, and four other individuals who were unidentified. Authorities are currently working on identifying all the bodies... But online records show that McFadden was supposed to have been going to court on Monday morning for child porn charges and that he had been convicted of sex crimes. So that just kind of dropped yesterday for me. But how fucking bizarre is that, man? And, And incredibly sad because you never really know who your kids are hanging out with or who you are hanging out with, for that matter. So... What a fucking bummer, dude. I don't know if you saw that, but holy shit.
0: You know, I, I, I saw a couple of the uh, articles online, but I didn't really deep dive into them. And um, Somebody that I was with uh, Tuesday during our meeting brought that up and was like, Can you fucking believe it? And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, apparently, you think when I wake up in the morning, I read the news. and I don't. I wake up in the morning and... Question why I woke up and why my body hurts. And I'm like, oh, God, I'm breathing. Make it stop.
1: I wake up in the morning and piss excellence. That's what I do. Oh. And check my bank account. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's turn things around, guys, and brighten the mood a little bit, shall we? An Arkansas woman has pled not guilty to selling over 20 boxes of stolen human body parts. In Arkansas, a woman has pleaded not guilty to charges that she stole body parts from a medical record school. I'm sorry, a medical school and cadavers and sold them through Facebook for almost $11,000. So, Preston, if you think you had to go to the Oddities Expo, just check the marketplace. Bro, you might find yourself with a brain in a jar.
0: Damn, I could have got like a human hand. I know, I know. There are but ethical
1: like, ways to source this kind of stuff. But. Or like a
0: human eyeball floating in a jar. That would have been pretty fucking cool.
1: Right. Candace Chapman Scott, a 36-year-old former mortuary service worker, is accused of selling 20 boxes worth of everything from human skin to human skulls to a man in Pennsylvania, according to the federal grand jury indictment unsealed by Little Rock Court last Friday. I think we covered this, but here's an update if we didn't. Scott was charged with 12 counts of mail fraud, wire fraud, and interstate transportation of stolen property. According to the court documents, Scott worked for a company that offered commercial cremation services. One of their biggest clients was an anatomy lab at the University of Arkansas, which used donated cadavers for medical education and research. Anyway, after one of the company's scheduled pickups, she messaged the owner of a Facebook group called Oddities, which is a private Facebook group containing about 380 members and bills itself as a safe way to shop. Well, she messaged the owner of the group and talked about how she acquired the corpses. She said, I follow your page and work and love it. Just out of curiosity, would you know anybody in the market for a fully intact, embalmed brain? Scott sent the pictures of two brains and a heart The man then offered $1,200 via PayPal and gave Scott pointers on how to ship the three organs to him in Enola, Pennsylvania, via the U.S. Postal Service. Over the course of the next nine months, Scott would then proceed to ship the man a human ear, an arm, lungs, livers, kidneys, hands, breasts, penises, fetuses, skin, skulls, and one human head. In exchange, he paid her ten thousand nine hundred and seventy-five dollars in sixteen different, separate PayPal transactions. Each time so, Scott returned, you say
0: breast, like was it just like the mm-hmm. skin with a nip, or like did they somehow like taxidermy and had like a big old booby under it? And it's like the guy's like, "Look, I got like a kitty on the wall."
1: <laughs> I cut them both off, maybe, and stitch them together like a water balloon. I don't know. That's insensitive.
0: That's, but it's weird is what I'm getting at. Like, why would you, like, Yeah, yeah. everything that you could have, all right? Let's just think about that. You could have, like, a human eyeball mm-hmm. in a jar, right? You could have, like, a weird zombie mm-hmm. hand floating in a jar. And you're the guy that's like, yeah. you know what? Go ahead and give me some of that nipple skin. Let me go ahead and have a fake titty <laughs> that I can hang on the wall so I can sit there and look at. Like, Right. That makes no sense. Like, okay, like unless you're using, like, a human penis in a ritual, like a sex magic ritual— the fuck are you going to do with like a decaying dong nothing it's it's gross the fact how much did this chick make (sighs) eleven thousand dollars that's a lot
1: yeah we're in the wrong i
0: so that's all i'm saying
1: we are dude we could be fucking slanging dongs and tits and everything else i don't know that's what i want to know too like do you just test the waters and say, like, hey, can I get a brain and, like, a lung and a kidney? And, hey, um, you got any tits? A tit or two, perchance?
0: <laughs> what about a penis? I mean, I've already asked for the rest of the body. Can I go ahead and get a penis now? Can you throw
1: the penis on there for me? <laughs> right. That's fucking bizarre. Uh, you know, what I really wanted was a big, giant
0: tit. Perfect. Yeah, <laughs> This is my in disguise voice, so you don't know that I'm on Facebook Marketplace ordering penises.
1: (laughs) You're right. It does sound like someone who's being interviewed who wants to stay anonymous.
0: (laughs) There I was. It was Tuesday, May 2nd, and I was on Facebook, and I'm like, Hey, you got one of them giant penises, freshly cut, put it in a jar for me, send it anonymous.
1: I'm sure there's a way to, like, stitch up the back like they do in taxidermy somehow. Preston got some new tech for the show, and that includes him being able to change his voice on the fly now, so.
0: And, uh, you know, I I can make my voice sound all angelic. Ah.
1: Well, each time she would make the transaction, she would then turn right around and send the rest of the body to be cremated. The indictment doesn't name the buyer, but separate state charges connect the case to Pennsylvania resident Jeremy Lee Pauley, age 40. Pauley was charged by a Cumberland County criminal court with four counts of receiving stolen property, intended to participate in unlawful activity and abusing a corpse. Pauley's lawyers didn't immediately return to NPR for comments either. In police were tipped off to Pauly's purchases back in June of 2022. In July, a caller reported finding human organs and human skin resting in three five-gallon buckets in Pauly's basement. Officials confirmed the report, confiscating all the remains and intercepting an additional set of packages containing other body parts as they were being shipped to Scranton, Pennsylvania. Might have been the Scranton Strangler. Polly's Facebook page is still selling a human hand and a full set of human ribs, which Polly says came from France. Huh. A website bearing his name describes him as a preservation specialist who works to produce educational tools through reconditioning retired medical remains. AKA, he's got a pair of tits in the freezer. A spokesperson for the University of Arkansas Medical School told NPR that the school is appalled that anybody would desecrate medical donations for their own gain. Human bodies are an indispensable aid in the education of medical students. We're extremely respectful of our donors when they're in our care. Each year, the school holds a ceremony for medical students to honor the deceased donors who help supply their education. They partner with local cemeteries to house the ashes or return them to families upon request. That's fucking cool. I always wondered what happened. If they just, like, dump them or what, so. They told the FBI that they're trying hard to identify the cadavers that were impacted, but it's a challenge given the embalming process and how it affects DNA. The school and the cremation company knew nothing of the sales until they were contacted by the FBI last summer. I mean, if you have a
0: corpse missing a penis, I'm pretty sure you know where the severed penis goes. One would think. Like, where are the boobs? If they're not on there, uh, it's pretty positive. And mm-hmm. now if it's like a finger, I mean, most of it's pretty self-explanatory. If you have a body missing a part, unless it was cremated, then that's... Yeah. that's but if it wasn't cremated, come on, this is not a rocket science. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, I think the problem, though, there is that you embalm the body and do whatever you're going to do at the school with it, and then they ship the cadaver off to be cremated afterwards. So, theoretically, you're receiving the body, and then you're able to then immediately do whatever you want to it, cut off whatever parts you want, and then you just fucking throw it into the oven afterwards. So the only way you're going to get medical evidence by my understanding is you're going to have to then check the DNA on the parts that were found. But like it says here, the embalming process and everything, you know, it alters the DNA or does something, you know, to it. And it makes it harder for you to run tests. So it's not like we have whole missing cadavers where you can just do a dental record. That reminds me of that, you
0: know, speaking of doing illegal things or, Mm -hmm. questionable things with bodies. That exhibit that was on in the United States like five years ago, six years ago, is like the story Mm -hmm. of us. You'd walk in and you'd have all these preserved bodies and they'd have them like spliced up and you could see like the arteries and the veins and the different layers of the epidermis. Oh, yeah. it's like, oh, man, this is so cool. And then you're like, hey, you know, Smithsonian, where did you get those bodies from? And they're like, China. And then you realize they were like... (laughs) Prisoners from the reeducation camps, or, or uh, just in the jails, and they're like, meh, just fucking sell them. Who gives a shit?" It's like that's yeah, that's fucked up.
1: Yeah, it's like also the uh, the story of the Poltergeist movie where they used real human cadavers, or I should say skeletons, um, in the pool scene and didn't tell the actress they were doing that, because it was just cheaper to fly some, you know, skeletons over from, I think, India, than it was to actually have, you know, your costume and prop department make actual skeletons, so, yikers. Well, once the crematory company found out what Scott was doing, they fired her immediately. She's now in custody with a bail hearing is scheduled for Tuesday. Her trial then will be set for May 30th. So expect an update on that. Now in other delivery news, a food delivery robot has been caught on video happily ramming its way through a cordoned off crime scene in LA. In a video widely seen on Twitter and Reddit, the robot doesn't seem to give a damn about what looks like a crime scene as it just drives right through. The footage appears to show a Serve Robotics model, described as the next-generation robot fleet, as it approaches a police cordoned area. A helpful human then lifts the tape to allow the robot through the crime scene on its way to its next delivery. Serve Robotics brags that its latest generation of robots are able to operate routinely without any human intervention and can rely on their onboard capabilities to ensure safe operation using multi-censored modalities. So this is what's really funny. These things are supposed to be able to not have to rely on any human intervention, yet this thing got caught up on some crime scene tape. (laughs) So I wouldn't put the robot too much at fault. You know, someone did lift the tape, but that's just fantastic. On one hand, we talk about how AI is taking over the world. And on the other hand, these guys can't seem to even get through a piece of tiki tape. So the good news is these things do emit zero emissions, so we have that going for us. Well, moving on to some more Doom porn here, did you hear about the godfather of AI quitting his job at Google because he's terrified about what exactly is going to be happening in the near future with AI?
0: Yeah, I I did, but then I also... Uh Oh God what's that uh, Japanese guy's name that's always on um, with the Neil deGrasse Tyson like Miko Nagaga he so this this guy's interesting as fuck somebody Mm -hmm. fact-check me here you should really go look look this guy up so when he was a little kid he wakes up one day and he turns on the TV And then they're they're you know, Albert Einstein had just died and they're talking about how Albert Einstein's never gonna be able to finish his theory of everything and this this kid at the time cannot wrap his mind around like why it will never be finished, so he's like, Fuck it. I'm going to do it. And mm-hmm. um, at age 17, he builds like, a, you know, like a power, com- like a Hadron Collider in his mom's garage and like blown out like, circuits in the neighborhood. Like this guy is like beyond super fucking smart. Like this guy, just hearing him talk, you're like, oh, my God. And so he's done several interviews where they've asked him about, like, are you scared of A.I.? And he's like, no, dude, it's. AI right now is fucking stupid. It's a computer program. Like, it's not anything. Like, all these chatbots, they don't Mm -hmm. know what's real and what's fake. All they know how to do is assimilate information and give you the best possible sum of what that information is. If you try to ask it like a Mm -hmm. theoretical, like a philosophical question, it can only answer it based off what numerous people have said on the internet and give you the base consensus off of that. Like, it's not really real thinking. But he said here here's mm-hmm. the here's the the nugget. He's like, We're working on quantum computing. So computers that work on the uh, are powered and compute on the level of the atom. Once that happens, mm-hmm. then he's like, then you have the potential of having real artificial intelligence, like scary shit. And he's like, But that's the next stage of, you know, human evolution. Like, you know, we started out with the abacus and sticks and stones and then, you know, the Nazis are Doing codes and weird shit, so now we got to come up with, uh, you know, some type of computer. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "So the n- the next evolution is going to be quantum computing, and once that happens, like, yeah, AI is scary, but right now, it's it's, it's like a fucking two year old." He's like, "Are you afraid of a two year old? Mm-hmm. Like, Don't worry about it, dog. Don't." Try. That's
1: the problem. They're gonna get to where they can literally learn and think on the on a dime instantaneously. Yeah. You know, but
0: there, you know, there's ways because it's it's uh, because it's a program. It's not an individual mm-hmm. system. There are ways to put, you know, as humans, if we're smart, there are ways to put limitations on that program. Um, we just, yeah. we, we, you know, we're not able to do it. Like tonight, I'm sitting there taking a shit before the show, and I'm on the old mm-hmm. Facebook, and somebody on YouTube had used one of the AI generators to take a Paul McCartney song and add John Lennon's voice to it to make it sound like an original Beatles and make it more of like a 60s vibe and totally redid the song and holy fuck Uh does that artificial intelligence I mean it sounds exactly like John Lennon like you'd have no idea that it's fake if they didn't put it in Mm -hmm. the comments like hey dude this is a fake video you know no copyright infringements intended and you're like oh my god like ooh, that part of it's getting kind of scary so and then somebody else took a, uh, a rap song and then told the AI program to make it sound like uh, uh, is it Big E, Biggie, Biggie Smalls, whatever. Yeah, Biggie Smalls. Uh, notorious B.I.G. Uh, ma- yeah, Notorious B.I.G. Make it sound like he's actually singing the song. And so he comes out, and you're like, "Holy yep. shit, that guy's dead!" Like, what's yeah. he doing on the radio singing a brand new <laughs> song? Like, this is fucking creepy. So. And yeah. one of the videos, like, the, the the image that was floating back and forth was just like, nothing is real, nothing is real. Because it's like, oh, I think that's, that's the actual scary part of it. Like, we're getting to the point now where we can fake and manipulate a lot of shit. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it sounds genuine. Um, you know, and then, yep. like, the chatbot thing, that's scary just because you have fucking teenagers that are using it and don't realize that it, it can't discern, like if if i type something in and say here make this flow better it'll take everything all mm-hmm. my words and just rewrite it and make it sound like i'm an intelligent person but it's based off <laughs> everything that i told it if i say go find me information on this i i have yeah. no idea of what i'm getting back is actually i mean we we tested this on the last episode where it's like Henry the 7th. Oh, in,
1: interesting.
0: You know, in Kentucky because it's like it found one mm-hmm. article that said Henry the 7th over the 8th and it's like I don't know, fuck it. Henry the 7th looks good enough mm-hmm. for me,
1: dog. Interesting. So that's then that's how you did it. You did it to basically take your facts, you input it and just re restructure it because again, you're not a man of of punctuation and grammar yeah. as we found out from, from yeah. psychoanalyzation but okay, interesting. Gotcha. So you can use it two ways. Well, what's weird is, like, um, Rob sent us that video of how AI is going to be writing all the sitcoms from now on. And it's got, like, this video of, like, real choppy, somewhat uncanny valley realistic um, animation. And it's Joe Biden and Trump. And they're basically trying to take over the world together. And we're giggling, saying, like, oh, my God, it looks fucking terrible. It looks so fake. But what's scary here is when I got my first illustration job out of college, I worked for a guy named Robert Ryan. And Bob was a very fascinating man. He was a research and development guy for the uh, military. He was like a financial advisor to NASA. And this was right on like the eve of the iPhone one dropping. And we were talking about phones and he's like, yeah, you know, are you excited about this new touchscreen phone? And I'm like, yeah, it seems cool. It's way too expensive for me. And he's like, Yeah. Funny thing is, man, we've had touchscreen phones since like the 80s and, you know, 3D televisions that you can, you know, buy now, put in your house and watch 3D movies. We've had that technology since the 80s. Everything that lands in your lap as the consumer has already been formulated and finalized um, five to 20 years before you actually get it. And at first that sounds like, holy shit, but then you think about it and it's like, it's a great analogy for this AI shit because we're making things so quickly that we can't put them on the market because the human consumer can't quite grasp like a jump. Imagine being handed like a Nokia brick phone. Kids Google Nokia brick playing snake. And then all of a sudden you fast forward to like a week later, someone gives you a fucking iPhone and you're watching YouTube. It's just, it's unfathomable. That's kind of what I'm assuming is going on with AI right now, because we all laugh at like, oh, look at the fucking picture. It can't make fucking hands, guys. Oh my God, it can't make hands. And then two years later or a year later, we're like, oh my God, it can make hands. It could make hands from the very fucking beginning. But if you drop something like that into our laps and we're just like, holy shit, it can make photorealistic imaging, we're going to fucking lose our minds and start fucking turning over school buses and catching buildings on fire. But if you drop something in our lap and it's slightly commun- uh, comedic and you're like, oh, look at the fucking derpy face and like, you know, yeah. you can't make a video of somebody eating spaghetti. <laughs> that's a little easier to digest and that kind of you know gets your palate ready for the next evolution in that so we already saw a deep fake that came out not too long ago
0: listener uh, lazarus said did you guys see the new ai project called lucifer i i have not
1: no i haven't yet um i heard it in passing from a buddy of mine but no we might have to look into that man that sounds pretty fucking yeah. gnarly huh well, you know, AI, art, and stuff like that came out after Deepfake. Remember Deepfake when they were taken and, like, um, putting Tom Cruise's face all over shit? And we're all like, oh, my God, that was fucking insane. This or is like really the, dangerous, especially when it comes to politics.
0: The new guy that just came out and posted Arnold Schwarzenegger on uh, his face on the girl from A Sound of Music. And the you hear with the sound of music. Yeah.
1: So... Yeah, it's almost like they gave us you deep fake, and then they had guys. to fucking <laughs> um, they they gave us deep fake, and everyone like revolted and thought, "Oh my god, this is terrifying!" Then all of a sudden, you get derpy AI art that can't fucking make hands right, and I just think that you know you're getting it, and you're like, "Oh wow, this is getting slightly better." The shit's already fucking you know a one level quality it's just we can't have it because again ding-dongs like you and i can then manipulate that for you know for bad reasons so no we keep getting this derpy shit and then now you got jeffrey hinton the godfather of ai quitting his job in google because he's like no this shit's fucking, it's already off the rails guys like we're on the eve of fucking destruction right now So let me get into this article here. Jeffrey Hinton, best known as the godfather of AI and pioneer of AI development and programming, um, responsible for much of the deep learning capabilities and so on and so forth, has just resigned from his position in Google. He says he did so that he could more freely warn people about the dangers posed by the products and other companies. Sorry, the products that it and other companies are creating. Now, he's also given the nickname of the godfather of AI or godfather of deep learning in recognition in the role he played to shape the technology itself. Like you said earlier, it's a two-year-old now, but soon it's going to be able to learn instantaneously. His work's primarily focused on machine learning and algorithms, as he's aimed to create both tools to allow computers to find structure in complex data, as well as showing it how the human brain learns. Well, folks, wouldn't you know... He said artificial intelligence is developing entirely too fast and without safeguards, leaving the world at risk of widespread unemployment and in danger of attacks from artificially intelligent robots, among other threats. I giggle, but I'm scared. Those risks also include the potential that AI could wipe out humanity. He also said that part of him now regrets his life's work because of the state of AI itself. He said he suggested that companies could be developing even more powerful systems than we realize in secret. And it's not the first time that he actually raised his voice about the ethics of AI. Back in 2017 for example, he was a signatory to a Canadian open letter that determined the country's Prime, mem- prime Minister Justin Trudeau urgently addressed the challenge of lethal autonomous weapons or killer robots, i.e. Chopping mole. Yeah. But the warning he gave this week is notable in part because he left such a high-powered role with a company like yeah dude, is fucking set for life and so we're like the next six generations of his family and to walk away from that does have to make you raise an eyebrow and he also voiced concerns not just with spe- uh, specific examples of AI but with the technology as a whole it also came at a time of increasing concern about the development and nature of artificial intelligence His resignation came as many other experts and pioneers in AI gave warnings of their own. And I think we talked about a letter that was released back in March asking for a halt in everything. And it was also signed by one of the fellow godfathers, Yushua Bingyo. That might have been that Japanese guy you were talking about. Maybe not. Anyway, Hinton received some criticism, even from those people who agree with him, saying that maybe he's just kind of, you know, knee jerking or also he should have raised alarm way sooner than this. Why the fuck did he wait this long? Meredith Whitaker, a former Google employee who is now the president of a secure messaging app called Signal, said that previous attempts to ring the AI alarm had led to negative consequences for any of the people who did so. Where were these guys when we spent months and thousands of dollars on lawyers? Where were they when we were organizing to stop it before it reached this point? Where were they when Sundar lied about us and diminished the risks we demonstrated? I'm not interested in dissent without solidarity, she wrote. Hinton said in another interview with Marco Werman from theworld.org, the problem is this. Once the things get more intelligent than us, it's not clear where we're going to be and if we're going to be able to be in control of it. We're going to There's be very the, few of the of the fucking food chain. <laughs> yeah, man, we've seen Terminator. Yeah. There's very few examples of more intelligent things controlled by less intelligent things. But Hinton also believes the development of AI can provide widespread benefits to humanity as well, including elevating productivity in more or less any domain, and designing new materials that could expedite goals like achieving fossil free energy production. And he sees particular potential in the areas like medicine, when AI driven tools could greatly expand the effectiveness of diagnostics and treatments. Imagine you know, would you rather go to a Dr. Preston who has seen a million patients or just a thousand patients, you know? If you got an AI doctor who's seeing millions of people, are you going to put more faith in that? Or are you still going to want to go to the old human guy over here who's shitting in a can still? Uh, I'd probably go with the human myself. <laughs> so uh, the the guy that I was talking about, his
0: name is Micho Kaku. hmm and uh, he brought he brought up that uh, with quantum computing, so you think about how we make drugs and vaccines now, we have to go through like testing and everything. So yeah. all of the data and all the research, that's basically like absolutely nothing on a data level when it comes to quantum computing. So when you think about, because you're storing all that information on, a, on an atom, right, the smallest known particle, and they would be able to run diagnostics, run tests, and you could come up with yeah. cures, new medicine on the dime of a, you know, just like that, like super quick. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. It's nothing. Yep. And so for do- even if you had human doctors, you would still be tapping into the, essentially that technology because they would be typing yep. in what is the best course of action to cure X, Y, and Z. And it's like, bloop, yep, here you go because it's it's yeah. so quick and so responsive that fundamentally it's going to change humanity as a whole. So if, you know, you wanted to run scenarios on how do we prolong the human life by 90 years, it could basically load in yeah. all the data ever known about CRISPR and DNA technology and then just like that. Yep. All right, here you go. Inject it in. You're good to go. Here's another 90 dog. You just got an old, you got your tune-up.
1: Yep. Exactly. And Hinton goes on to say, with nuclear tests, you can verify those, but with AI research, it's going to be almost impossible to verify some people and what they're doing in secrecy. We need to develop these things so we can figure out what the problems are. But I think we need a lot of people thinking about what the problems are. They'll be master manipulators because they'll have learned that from us by reading everything we've put on the web. Will they have their own goals and want to manipulate people to achieve their own goals or will we somehow be able to control them to help us? I think it's going to be a little bit of A and a little bit of B and um, kind yeah. of what um, Lazarus was saying here on, on YouTube. Um, we've seen iRobot. You've got a handful that want to help people and you've got the fucking hive mind that wants to take over the world. Um Lazarus put on here that Lucifer stands for Least Worst Uncertain Choice Inventory for Emergency Response, a.k.a. Lucifer, an AI to make emotionless decisions. And he says they're trolling us for stuff like that. Yeah, fucking clearly. Wow. Um, Like, how long did it take them to write an acronym for that project to match Lucifer? They obviously went way out of their way. Um, When they teach AI how to dream and have subconsciouses, It's all over. Yeah, fucking exactly. I, Robot, um, do uh, robots dream of electric sheep. An AI doctor, he says, lacks a subconscious or imagination, therefore cannot make intuitive leaps. So there won't be an AI house until we get that down. Human doctors already use AI when they type into a computer, and it tells them a diagnosis.
0: You know, here's, like, another, like, Rabbit bad rabbit hole to go down if you think about it like Mm -hmm. think about modern society and like all the different groups of people that you have that want equal opportunity Mm -hmm. and rights and how much pushback as a whole that we we give those groups right now you have Mm -hmm. actual artificial intelligent free thinking robots that are their own individuals and they're like fuck you we want rights you know you know whatever for robots robots deserve to vote robots deserve this and then you have us humans that are like No, fuck you robot you're" mm-hmm. and it's like oh that's how the matrix happens where they're just like nope fuck it let's <laughs> World war IV or World war 4 or war war 3 it's going to yeah. be humans versus the bots
1: ah uh, fuck i don't know on the flip side how many commercials is bud light going to make with a robot drinking bud light and pissing people off that's what i want to know oh yeah yeah lazarus says all you have to do is look at genesis pretend human equals god adam equals ai holy tits you're right man and projected into the jetsons that's a great way to put it dude i mean all all the x-men villains are going to be fucking real because that's how half of those things came about (laughs) the phalanx and all that shit man well presto the last story i want to share with everybody it's kind of personal for you and i A 35-year-old man with red-green color blindness experienced lasting improvements in his ability to distinguish different colors after taking magic mushrooms. According to the authors of a new study, this example may indicate the power of psilocybin to alter visual processing capabilities, despite the fact that colorblindness is a genetic condition. Now, they are slightly wrong. You can get colorblindness, a.k.a. color deficiency, from injuries as well, but I digress. Yeah, you can
0: also get it from eating mold, because it eats away certain parts of the brain that allow you to understand color. So, like, this one guy ate some moldy bread. He was an art professor. And, like, Uh he made a hole in his brain, and his brain couldn't remember what red looked like, what blue looked like. Like, his eyes still saw color, Uh but his brain couldn't process the fucking information. But fuck you, you, whatever article you're reading, because I feel like we're being
1: attacked. (laughs) I don't know. Hold tight. Hold tight. Okay. The subject in the case, studied from the most common form of color blindness, known as mild deuteromalia, affecting around 5% of men and 0.4% of women. This condition is caused by a defect within medium wavelength sensitivity cones, which are the four uh, um, photoreceptor cells responsible for detecting green light. Um, I think that's what I've got. Mine is also called mild protan color deficiency, Annie hoosel. Describing the case, the authors of the study explain, the man had previously experienced improved color vision after experimenting with various psychedelic drugs, therefore decided to document these changes by self-administering the Ishihara test, which um, that's the one I fucking shudder every time I see it. It's like a Petri dish full of colored balls, and the doctor asks you, like, hey, what number do you see here, kitty? What uh, what number is in this one? What letters in this one? And I'm just like, "Well, oh, I see a fucking lion's face. Is that right, doc? Yeah, to all my friends out there that think you're fucking
0: funny, when you're like, hey, (laughs) what does this colorblind test say? I'm like, hmm, let me guess. Fuck the colorblind? They're like, oh, I thought you couldn't see colors. I can't, asshole. This is Uh not my first rodeo, so fuck you. Yeah,
1: you normies out there who are color-seeing folk are just not that fucking creative. You make one meme and you share it with us a thousand times.
0: Or when somebody tries to make it say something else, and I'll just fucking adjust the color down to where it's all gray. i I'm like, I don't yeah. know, just to say this, asshole. <laughs>
1: yeah, I uh, I took a colorblind test once, and it was like one where you had to distinguish like over a hundred colors. And I popped it into Photoshop, and I changed the different levels, and then I Photoshopped my results. Because taking it legitimately, I fucking got like a 17 out of a hundred. What I did instead was Photoshop the, the results, making them fake. And I gave myself like an 89 out of 100. And my best friend's like, you're not fucking colorblind, you fucker. And I'm like, actually, I'm just really good at Photoshop. <laughs> Anywho, well, the Ishihara test is often used to assess colorblindness. And the test involves a series of mosaics made of colored dots, arranged to form shapes that are only visible to those who can, stingu- who can distinguish between different colors. Just before taking a dose of shrooms, the subject achieved a baseline score of 14 taking an Ishihara test. Typically, a score of 17 or above is considered normal color vision, while 13 and below are classified as color vision deficiency. A score of 14 therefore sits in a gray area, that's a shitty pun, guys, Um, although the man had previously been diagnosed with mild red-green color blindness by his optometrist. Immediately after taking the test, the subject then ingested 5 grams, that's 0.18 ounces, of dried magic mushrooms, reporting a positive sensation but no mystical experiences. Then he readministered the Ishihara test 12 hours later, and his score increased to 15. Repeating the test once more after 24 hours, the man then achieved a score of 18, which is above the cutoff required for normal color vision. His score eventually peaked at a 19 on day number 8 after his mushroom experience and remained elevated at a level 18 for four months following. When the authors of the study administered the Ishihara test more than a year later, the subject achieved a score of 16. Though this is below the threshold of normal vision, it's still higher than his baseline of 14. Now, you have to deal with the fact here the subject self-administered all the tests up to this point which does beg the question of the reliability of the test. But in addition to this, his continued use of psychedelic drugs beginning 16 days after the initial psilocybin trip does make it difficult to draw any further conclusions of the long-term effects, i.e. a single dose and how long that might last a person. Nonetheless, a study states that a single use of psilocybin Products may produce partial improvements in CVD existing beyond the period of acute effect, despite this condition typically resulting in a genetic defect, i.e. the mushrooms aren't rewriting your DNA and your genetic code, so it's not technically fixing it, which makes you wonder, is it unlocking something in the brain that then helps overcompensate for it? And while the authors are unable to identify the mechanism underlying in the man's improvements, they speculate the psychedelics may induce Alterations in higher level visual processing within the V4 region of the brain, which is central to color perception. Ultimately, though, the researchers are reluctant to make any definitive statement yet on the backings of a single self reported case and therefore call for more studies into the role of psychedelics treating color blindness. Symptomatic exploration is the possible phenomenon needed to confirm our findings. We've got to gauge their general stability and determine the mechanism of action. Thus, the study is going to be looked into further. So I think it's fucking awesome. I would love to see what I'm missing. I know now we can't put on those fucking in chroma glasses and, you know, see the colors we're missing because you and I have very specific color blindness, which yeah. is actually more common. I th- I think the people who truly can't see red and greens are kind of maybe the minority here.
0: Yeah, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna paraphrase a, an article that I read real quick. It's mm-hmm. gonna tie your your last story and this story together. So DMT users, when they take DMT, uh-huh. they see the mechanical elves that run the universe. They see glowing entities yeah. and, and everything. And so a group of DMT users have then, after their trip, have been going back to the different AI art programs and typing in the, the very specific description of what they saw. To generate images that match what they were seeing during their trip, and then posting those online, and that is fucking cool.
1: Mhm, mhm.
0: So it's like, oh shit, what gateways DMT opening
1: up, baby? It does beg the question: Should we go do some DMT sometime?
0: Lazarus says uh, he's uh, taking more DMT than Joe Rogan has ever seen. A mechanical
1: Elf. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just gotta take one more dose, bud. Um, he also yeah. made a good point psilocybin under a microscope looks a lot like the neurons of the human brain so yeah yeah. I don't know that shit fascinates me um, hopefully we'll see some more you know leaps and bounds and legalizing at least for you know medical treatment of you know people suffering PTSD from the war and stuff like that well once again old buddy old pal when I say it should only be about a half hour show here we are hitting the hour marker, so <laughs> thanks what? for uh, hanging out with me pal yeah cool. Well, that wraps up the news stories and this episode. So again, next time, guys, we're going to be dropping one more episode next week. And then the following week, we'll be dropping our seven year anniversary show. So please send us Any questions you might have, we're going to drop an AMA, Ask Me, Ask Us, Anything. Um, We're also asking for any personal paranormal stories. You can send those to our DMs on the Facebook, the Pixelated Paranormal Podcast. You can send them to our DMs over at Instagram, at PXL Paranormal. You can email those to us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. But we definitely want to know what you want to know and what has happened to you guys. So please definitely send those over to us. We'd love to answer your questions and share that next time. um, I've already got some pretty cool stuff about a potential Fresno Nightcrawler encounter and also a really cool uh, dogman encounter as well. So I've got some more stuff here coming. And then, also, um, just to make a note here, Corey will be back with us. Um, As soon as he committed to coming on the show, his workload at school got incredibly heavy. And so he's been trying to just keep up with school. So this summer, we should expect the return of the corn dog. And also, um, Stephen, I'm hoping Stephen will drop in uh, every now and again as well. So I think what we should do is we should
0: hijack the uh, government AI technology. we're gonna mm-hmm. take half of Corey's brain out and half of Steve's brain out, and combine that into one artificial being, and then we'll actually have a consistent third host. I, I think uh, that's the that's the
1: winning <laughs> ticket right there. Hold the phone here, real quick. Lazarus says he's been abducted by aliens on DMT twice, and he knows a guy who got his sheep stolen by the dog man. You need to fucking email us that shit, dude. Most deaf. Um, we yeah we need uh, we
0: need detailed stories, buddy. Speaking of old YouTubers, we're up to 258 subscribers, so everybody that's listening Heck yeah, and watching man. the shows live, we greatly appreciate helping grow the content yeah. and grow the channel, so keep on keeping on. Uh, if you look at the bottom of the uh, screen, you'll see a green splurt that says like and subscribe, so fucking smash the shit out of that button and share it <laughs> with
1: all your friends. Hell yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Well, that about does it, guys. Again, Facebook, give us a follow. The Pixelated Paranormal Podcast over on Instagram. We are PXL Paranormal. Please shoot us some emails if you'd like at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. And we also got that old voicemail set up. we got to blow the dust off of that bad boy and really start, you know, kind of promoting the heck out of that. Shoot us a, a voicemail if you like to our Google Voice, 913-662-3144. Mm-hmm. What do you got on daubers, bud? Listen, folks, if you need to learn from
0: anything from tonight's episode, you want the moral <laughs> of the story. One day, our AI brethren, they're going to take over. And we're going to be pawns in the zoo, or we're going to be like, you know, John Connor fighting in the resistance. And you might ask yourself, what the fuck am I going to do? Well, the only way to avoid this is to have the best goddamn beard that you could possibly have and the only way to have the best goddamn beard that you could possibly have is to go over to wait hold on (laughs) big com, and use promo code pxlpara for 20% off your order and you can pick yourself up scents like bay rum fresh citrus mint classic and sweet tobacco I usually kind of toss, you know, back and forth between Bay Rum and Sweet Tobacco. I mean, those fucking are amazing. And then when I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go straight oil. I'm going to old school this shit. His barrel Ooh. age, muah, perfection. Get it all. Mm-hmm. Get it at Dobbs. Use the motherfucking code
1: and save yourself 20%. Boom shakalaka. If you're in the Wichita area, please stop by and see our dear friend Leslie and the rest of the gang over at CD Trade Post, Pawnee and Seneca. All right, well, with that, folks, I'm going to raise this glass and say cheers to the weird shit in the world and those of us that love to talk about it. And stay spooky
0: and stay on the paranormal highway. The cast at Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown... Tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. Email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange.